I'm Anna, and you're listening to Fangirl Happy Hour for July 14, 2015. Today, we continue with all things Marvel by talking about Hawkeye, My Life as a Weapon, by Matt Fraction and David Aja. Then, we discuss Uprooted, the awesome new book by Naomi Novik. With me today to talk about these things and more is my fellow fangirl and all-around awesome person, Renee. Hello, Renee. Hey. How nice. What a nice intro. Thank you so much. It was, like, especially for you. I don't get, like, a cool, like, title I could put on. Like, I gave you, like, Supernova Princess that you're all going around, to. Uh, All-around awesome person. But can, I, oh. but can you really put that on, like, a desk plaque? <laughs> I can would. All-around awesome person. Yes. Okay, fine. I will come up with a better one for next time. I will. I swear. I will. I will. <laughs> you're gonna find, you're gonna find me a good a good title. Okay, thank you. Oh no! Do I not get a gold star for you get this a, assignment? You get half a gold star. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, I'll think about it. <laughs> What's up, Renee? Not much. It's. There's nothing happening because Comic Con is going on right now, oh, so no. everybody is super busy. So the internet's kind of dead unless there's like great news, like core comic. Oh no, I know, right? So and... so excited! But I'm I'm I don't know about you, but I'm glued to my Twitter feed, just like checking for all the news and coming from Comic Con. And Taya is there. Can you believe? Oh wow! Is I know. she alive? Did she? She's still okay. I know. She just um she because her family lives in California, so she often goes around this time of the year, so she can go to San Diego as well. I think she's going to Comic Con today and tomorrow. So she's now right now as we record this on Saturday. She is there. There is stuff going on that I'm jealous about. Like, they're doing a bunch of Expanse stuff for the TV show, and that's happening. I'm jealous. Ellen Wright from Orbit is there, and she keeps tweeting about it. And she made a tweet last night going, uh, you, you can know I'm old because I'm not going to, like, the hip Hollywood party. I'm going to. I'm more concerned about going to bed. I'm like, that would be me. <laughs> and this is why I don't go to a lot of conventions. Well, also, uh, you know, money. But also because I'm just like, okay, it's, it's 10 o'clock, guys. I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed now. <laughs> Well, this is me as well. I'm gonna go. Anyway. Serve, I'm gonna go serve Tumblr for three hours and then sleep. Sorry, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I'm the worst. Oh my god, uh, there's tons of Agent Carter things happening as well. Right, I'm excited. Her Twitter feed is. Delightful. I don't. If you don't follow Haley Atwell on Twitter, you need yeah, to you remove know. that immediately. It's. I know. She uh, she posted those little video with her and Billy Piper. Yes. <laughs> I lost it. I was like, this is the best. She's so cute. Who's your favorite Marvel character? Apparently, I think Chloe Bennett, maybe on a panel, was like, Hayley Atwell is my favorite Marvel (laughs) character. Awesome. Accurate. They should make a Marvel novel out of that. Out of just about Hayley Atwell and her adventures. Yes. They should totally. would sell so much. It it could be like like Squirrel Girl, which is also pretty cute. I don't know that one. Yeah. No, you don't know that one. That's funny. Squ- I thought Squirrel she would... Girl. Yeah, because everybody loves it. It's I've read the first issue. It's re- it is really cute. No, I have no idea what that is. Oh, you should look it up and see. You might like it. It's by yeah. who's who? I don't know. I don't know who draws it. It's a lady who draws it. But the author is Ryan North, and I think he did the dinosaur comics. Pretty sure that's the same guy. I could be wrong. I'm sure the internet will correct me if I'm wrong. I found out about it through Tansy. I found out so many things about through. Tansy. Yeah, right. Days. She's like our main. She's yeah. like our main source for new things. Thanks, Tansy. She's doing this this thing. I don't know how how long she's been doing that for, but I, I think I'm only I've I've only become attuned to that very recently. Uh, she's doing. She does this mini reviews of issue one of different comics, and I really like them because they kind of like allows you to judge whether you want to invest or not. Yeah, so this is how I learned. I know it's ridiculous what I'm about to say, but this is how I learned about Runaways, which apparently is a big thing right now, but I had no idea. But yes, so... I have I have Runaways, the older versions. No, I have the new ones, the new one that came out a couple of months ago, the one with um, Noelle Stevenson's oh, doing. right. I need to read those. I'm really excited about her writing them. I have the older ones, the volumes one through three, because Ira loaned them to me. <laughs> Like eight right. million years ago, I've re- and I've read two of them, but I haven't read the third. But I probably should reread them at this point. I bet I'd get a lot more out of them now. But but I think they are unrelated things. No, though. yeah, they're totally a reboot, yeah. which is strange. Yeah, which is a different, yeah, which is an interesting choice for Marvel to 
to make, but okay, I'm gonna give it a shot because it's Noah Stevenson, who apparently won like a zillion Eisners. Like, I know la- last I know. night at the so awards. Fantastic. Like apparently, Kidlit Comics took and women took over the Eisners. I'm like, yeah. There's been so many tweets going on my timeline, going, "Hey, you know, SF fandom. It's not that your fandom is dying. It's it's that everybody is focusing on areas that are more interesting." Yeah, <laughs> i.e., you know, comics and younger yeah. people and not old dudes. Speaking be- of old dudes, oh yes, well, great, great, Renee. I see what you did there very smoothly. Yes, very smooth, very smooth. Yes. So speaking of old dudes, so Renee wrote um, an essay this week for Strange Horizons called uh, "Weight of History." Would you like to talk about what you wrote, Renee? I thought it was brilliant. Well, I thought it was brilliant. I know, I know I always think your stuff is brilliant, but I... know you're, you're I, really good for my ego. Thanks a lot. Uh, you're I appreciate very welcome. it. You're very welcome. It spoke to me directly, that post, because I think we, we have a very similar history, haha, uh, when it comes to reading old school, uh, older titles, old, older SF titles. For different reasons, I was in Brazil. I had no access to any of that. So, of course, now I've come into fandom quite late, and I'm starting. I'm still catching up. But there is this whole canon of important work that people say that you should read. But who says that? Who says that? Who made them important? So, anyway, talk about your essay, which is covers all of this and more. So my basic premise was I wanted to read a bunch of classic SF this year to start maybe contextualizing because I'll listen to podcasts and I'll read essays and people are talking about new work in the context of old work and inspirations, blah, 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 blah. So I thought, well, I could read some of the bigger titles, the classic SF titles, and I kept picking them up and I kept trying to read them and they're... Zach left a comment actually on the article that talks about it, but it's like manual. Like they're man, like they read like manual of operations. Like for example, I read iRobot really early this year, and I was like, this is just a thought experiment as a book. It's put in book form, but it's nothing but a thought experiment. And P.S. The movie for that is much better with Will Smith. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't care what people Those, say. Yeah, I thought so as well. I read I've read know. this book now, and now I've read I've watched the movie many times, and the movie's much much superior to the whatever <laughs> no offense they're doing totally different things it's just the first is not much of a story it's just a bunch of like what would happen if and so it was fine that's been that's been the most palatable one i've found which says something i've tried ring world i've tried dune i've tried uh there was another one that i'll now in it name is escaping me anyway i've tried a lot of these classic books but man and i just keep bouncing off bouncing off bouncing off and while i was doing this i was also feeling like I was feeling really guilty because I wasn't reading all these books by women that were coming out because I was too busy trying these other books. But then I was feeling, feeling guilty for feeling guilty. And I talked about this in the article. It's just like this really weird feeling. And I and I realized like watching the marketing machine work as I was doing this, do, trying to do this project, I just feel so much pressure to read books by men. It's just they're everywhere. They're They're constantly pushed at you in ways that books by women really aren't. Yeah. And so I wanted to, like, break that down and talk about why that was happening. I didn't have any answers. I'm sorry if you go into the article hoping for answers because I don't have any. But we we all we see it, right? When people do, like, like Kate Tempest Bradford did her Bradford challenge and says, I dare you to, you know, not read these books by this particular category, cisgender, straight white men, for a year. And we saw the explosion that happened then. And she wasn't even saying all men. She was just saying, you know, a specific subset of men. Yep. And people still exploded the idea that straight white men were going to be left out for a year was just hard, like too hard to handle. Well, yeah, and you you had a comment on your post as well, like that too. Oh right, yeah. like just ignore gender. No, that's not how it works. No, it's um, no. like there's an article, there's an essay out there that you know helps me contextualize contextualize this, where they're like being like saying that you're blind to something is like not a moral positive. It means you can't see what everyone else can clearly see. I forget who wrote that, but it's been very helpful to that's, me. That's really interesting, actually. And so that's not really... Be, acting like you can't see gender or race or whatever is not a really useful way to operate. 
No, of course not, because it's there. <laughs> yeah, you it's, you can't you can't ignore the fact that there's systems in place. Exactly. You, you pretending they they don't exist does not mean them they don't exist because they still do. Even if you close your eyes, like I wrote that, like I just legit sat down and was like, hmm, I have some feelings. You know, three hours later, I had an article, and then of course I got really nervous about it, and like I rewrote the end, the not it was due. <laughs> I sent it to my editor late. I was so I was really nervous about it. I guess I shouldn't have been because everybody has coming at me to talk about this article going, I really understand how you, yeah. what you mean. I really, I know how you feel. I feel this too. I'm like, wow, I've really tapped into something here. No, definitely. Me too. Um, I, uh, that, that post that I wrote last year was something similar to that as yeah, well. About, uh, ha- about Holland and having yeah, not read exactly. a lot of his work and how that makes you feel sort of left out. But then you try to read it, and it's like being punched in the face. Yeah. I, Jonathan it's... actually wrote something recently, Jonathan McCalmont, from a Ruthless Culture, about how reading certain things makes you part of a community. And if you don't read those things, like, he's not, he wasn't talking about, like, what I was talking about. He was talking about, like, new releases or whatever. If you don't read those things, you're kind of out, you're kind of out of the cultural conversation, the community loop. And it kind of it's kind of oscillating, and it's the same. It's, I'm I'm kind of getting at the same thing with my article. This idea that there's this communal reading experience in SFNM, but I don't like the more I think about it, the, I don't think there is a communal reading experience. I think everybody has a different reading experience, and no, the people that... defining the defining the fandom and wanting the fandom to not change are the people trying to sell this idea of this communal reading experience. Of course, but what is this communal reading experience? Is is it? It's... It, it inevitably it sounds as though it is very American. Yeah, it's it is very white. It's very male. It's like what about all of us from the rest of the world? There are not in America. There are not reading that. Are we not part of this community as well? We we came to it through reading other stuff, and we are still a part of this community. And to say that we aren't because we we haven't read shitty books from the sixties. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Well, they're not very well written at all. I mean, I don't. No, come on. Like in, <laughs> I have a like. I read a lot of bad stuff. I read. Listen, I read Alpha <laughs> Omega Beta Werewolf fanfic. Okay, <laughs> I've read some bad stuff. And when I say these books that, that I that these books that I was bouncing off of were like just really badly written, and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just statements of facts they were just really badly written when i'm like wow i'd rather go read some terrible team old fic written by a 13 year old because it's better formatted and the writing is more palatable that's a sign it's just very it's very it feels like what i read i will admit that i haven't read a lot because i bounced off quite a few of those so-called classics but you know, it just felt it just feels very clinical, very cold, very. I don't even know. Uh, characters are not well developed. It's if they exist at all, because half the time exist. it's like an everyman character, which is also a problem because there's no such thing as an everyman. There's no, exactly. So... There's a, there will be an everyman for for the people who will judge this as essential reading. So they would, which is the same subset of people. So anyway, fuck that. That was succinct. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yeah. the the, art, the article is, I mean, I think it's okay. I wrote it. I'm pretty proud of it. Go me. No, but I the mean, comments okay. are actually really great. I think they yes. provide, Tansy's comment in particular, I liked a lot. I don't want to take her advice, by the way. <laughs> I've decided no. taking her advice. I, I liked her comments as well, very much. So do you do you like how I roped you into having almost a segment? Yeah, that was very that was very, very clever. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. With that said, maybe we should move on to actually talk about our stuff. things. Yes. Yes. Okay. So Hawkeye, have you ever wondered what he was doing when he was not being an Avenger? Now you can find out. We are going to be talking about Hawkeye Volume 1, My Life as a Weapon, by Matt Fraction, David Aja, and Javier Pulido. Collecting issues 1 to 5, it's probably safe to say that we wanted to read this because of Kate Bishop, who we met when we read Younger Vagrants a few episodes back. Is it not safe to say that, Renee? It's safe to say that Kate is amazing. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I need to write memory a thank you card. Dear memory, you were absolutely correct about Kate Bishop. She's the best thing of Hawkeye. 
Yeah. I was actually really surprised that she was such a large character. Like, she was one of the central characters. Like, this is called Hawkeye. Well, but she's she's Hawkeye. Yeah, I know. And for some reason, when I first heard about the series, I thought, oh, it's about Clint. And it's not really clear that it's also about her. No, so I not... went into this first volume going, oh, Clint, I get to learn more about Clint. Well, no, you get to learn tons about Kate, too, because she's yes. basically, a, it's like, she's a main character. Yes. I think Absolutely. she's got more, I think she gets more, like, awesome action scenes than Clint does. He tends to, like, just fall out of shit and land and hurt himself. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kate's like, well, I did, I did that. I didn't get hurt at all. And also took down the bad guys. No, she's amazing. She's I so awesome. Her. She has she has the cool factor. She does. I I love I love the the way that she talks to him and then she talks down at him so much as well because okay, let's let's go let's rewind a little bit then. Before we start talking about Kate Bishop, what did you think of this? I thought it was overall? really cute as a collection. I I like I like I said I thought I was walking into a collection about, you know, just a dude, but I was pleasantly surprised. And I was also Really surprised at how much I like the art. Well, let's to be clear. I like I really, really like David Asia's art a whole lot. I'm not that crazy about Javier Polito's art that much. Okay. I feel like it's a little too cartoony, maybe. I like them. I mean I like it's not both. bad art, but I'm just really no. picky. And also I'm really bad at like the art switch things that keep happening. Like I'll get really comfortable with a certain art style. And then it'll just change, and I'll be like, oh! So, whatever artist comes after the art that's, the, like, in the first few issues, they're screwed. Okay, they're it's, screwed. It's, <laughs> I, I, know, I know what you mean. Like, it's very jarring sometimes, isn't it? Because yeah. there sometimes there's this huge shift. Um, I, I liked both artists' um, styles on this. Uh, I'm not sure I liked this so much. I'm confused. I am surprised. Because... On paper, this is amazing because it's funny, it's catchy. All I like how issues start with him in trouble and going, okay, this looks bad. And then he goes and explains what's happening. And it's kind of like a different side to Hawkeye, to the Hawkeye that we see in the movies a little bit. But there's some, there was some, I cannot quite explain, but there was something about it that didn't quite mesh with me. The only thing that I really, really loved was Kate Bishop. But there was something, like I said, on paper, I, I should have loved this because it's kind of smart as well. The way that storytelling is told, the, the, the narrative goes back and forth and it's, the character goes through this arc you know, because he, when he's not being an Avenger, what is he doing? And there is a, the question that all the Avengers are so powerful and he's not. But there is, the, I just, I can't explain. I just didn't, from all graphic novels I've read this year, this was my least favorite. Burn. But I'll, also, Burn. you've read a lot of really great graphic novels this year, so maybe that's uh, a little unfair. Because this, yeah, this is an old, like, this is an older... Well, but, you know, everybody says that at the time this came out, apparently, everybody was saying, this is the best thing on the shelves. Well, I think they might also be reacting to later, maybe later issues. Yeah, maybe. Because I feel like they do, I feel like maybe the story gets a little deeper, so you learn more about Clint. Because I really feel like in this comic, we didn't really learn a whole lot about him. No, and he kind of comes across as a little bit of a jerk to start with. He's kind of a jerk, yeah. Well, oh he's, also, he's like a jerk, but he's like he's like this really generous jerk. Yes, and fine. The, he's like a hero jerk. Hero what jerk, else? which is yeah. kind of like Tony Stark. Tony Stark is a hero jerk. Maybe it's we have true. to get more serious. Maybe Tony Stark is more like a hero asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Clint is that bad. No, no. But I don't yeah, think so. he, like when he rescues the dog, I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Um, I like you a little bit. You're okay. But yeah, <laughs> I really like the writing. I like the writing style. I really like the art. I like how they told the story in the art. There was a conversation that they had in these little tiny squares, like a phone conversation, where like the conversation is just packed into these little tiny squares. It feels really tight and tense. And I was like, this is really good, really good storytelling using the visuals. And since this is my first intro to Matt Fraction, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. But 
as far as Clint goes, I just really don't care yet. I was no. really here for Kate once yes. I realized that she was such a central character. I fell in love with her. Uh, I can tell you again. the panel. Yeah, again, I can tell you the panel where I like fell in love with her, which was when she was in the little disguise. And she had, you know, the wig with the arrows in it, the little, the little suit, and the guys were like, Fifi? And she's like, nope. <laughs> and she's got her hip cocked and she's got the bow out. I'm like, ah, Kate, again, hello. I love you. No, no. One of my favorite ones, one of my favorite panels is when he's he's fleeing a building and he gets inside her car and she picks him up and he's like, he's still kind of like dressing because he was having sex or something. And she was like, and she's just moves her glasses and looks at him up and down and she's like really with the abs and everything <laughs> she's like what are you doing <laughs> i love her she's the best obviously she's also very clever mm-hmm. she's amazing uh she's a great leader as well but you know still very young too i like clint the best when he was with kate that's yes. how pretty much how it went because he because by himself he's just kind of a grump. Yeah, and maybe I guess... that changes. Maybe that like, maybe that's what we're watching him grow out of. Maybe that's what's going to happen in the next few I, volumes, which I, I also have. Oh, I don't care enough. I think <laughs> unless you unless you read them and tell me they are amazing, you're not going to do it. I'm not. I I wouldn't willingly. I I didn't like it enough to pursue. Right. further volumes not even for kate unless, like i said unless you tell me that kate's also there being awesome i'll, I'll read the next two volumes and let you know then i'll let you know how it goes but i'm okay. pretty sure she is because one of the volumes is called la woman and i think okay. it's about her okay that makes sense so, so... I'll, I'll read it and let you know how that goes okay but did you read this in a volume you did right yeah. Did your volume have the Young Adventures? Uh, yes. The... So this, this volume as well has an extra issue called Young Avengers Presents Six. That's the first time they meet each other. And where she, where he still, where he, she has his bow. And I guess this is after the Civil War stuff. Yes. And well, as soon as soon after the Young Avengers that we read, the first one. Right. Because I think she got her bow there. And then he wins his bow back, and then she goes in and she steals it back from him. Yes. <laughs> and it's just really... I thought it was really cute. But what I found most cute about that was, like, the romance with yes. her and Eli, where they're like, yeah, we should just be friends. I know, right? We, we like each other, but we should just be friends because of the team and complicated. And the end of that comic was so cute. I I, I super ship them right now. I know. Me too. It's so great. And and the art in that one is beautiful. It right? really is really good. Wow, it's just mind blowing. I could have done without some of the female objectification in it, but I'll take it. It was just really pretty. Yeah. yeah. So I'll take it. But yeah, so I'm gonna. I, apparently, I'm going onward, and you're going to wait for my assessment. Yes, exactly. The thing, though, uh, from what I from what I seen from with the reviews, I saw I, I read a lot of reviews on Goodreads uh, for this, and one of the things that I saw was that people came to it because they loved Hawkeye so much in the Avengers. And I don't think that I had that going into it. So like we said, we went into it because of Kate Bishop and not because we love Hawkeye so much. Yeah. I don't get the same vibe from this, this Clint as I do from the Clint in the Avengers, but I have to admit that the, my perception of Clint Barton from the MCU doesn't really come from the MCU or the comics. It comes from fandom because I was really uh... heavily involved in the sh- the Clint and Phil ship where they were people would ship Clint and Phil together. Like Phil Coulson. Yeah. It's a huge ship. It's massive. What? Yes. Really? Yes. What? It's really... <laughs> no, people have created some really amazing things in that pairing. And so that's where... Oh my where... God. I, I would never see it. What? You didn't you would never see that really after the first Avengers movie. You couldn't see where that comes from. Or the Thor movie where he's like where Thor's trying to get his to his hammer and uh, Hawkeye appears like for five seconds ex- in the Thor Yes, movie. welcome to welcome to shippers. Welcome oh to shipping. God. 
and then you know he gets ta- you know in Avengers he gets taken and Phil and Natasha are like we gotta get him back we gotta get him back a lot of people ship Phil Natasha and Clint together in MCU as well oh. which I also like a lot which is why a lot of people were mad after <laughs> after Age of Ultron because oh, well let's not have that argument again oh. <laughs> oh that's amazing I should give you some recs I should go look at, at my recs and see if I have anything for you to read because you have so much free time to read fanfic I'll just give you I some have so much free time yes absolutely so my I, I give it you know four space bees out of five <laughs> I would give it a three, I think. I mean, I guess we're going to rate things in Bs now, so. <laughs> Apparently that's the thing that's happening, so. Do you know, I think we should totally do that. <laughs> I don't think. So, three Bs out of five. And I get, and I, it gets uh, four from me, four Bs. Yes. So, how about you? How many Bs would you give to Hawkeye if you have read it? Do you love Kate Bishop? Do you love Hawkeye? Let us know. Now, moving on to the second official segment of this episode. Uprooted is Naomi Novik's new book, and everybody and their dogs seem to have fallen in love with. Uh, it's part fantasy, part fairy tale. Uprooted is the type of book that we both adore, featuring plenty of awesome girls and beautiful writing. Uh, so, Renee, we kind of already started this conversation in the last episode, and we already know that we both really, really loved this, yes, right? Yes, we did. It was great. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so it's a whole beehive for this one. Really? That's what you're going to get? This gets the whole beehive? Like... Yes, yes. I'm going to go, run with it now for every single episode. But, you know, I cannot give single bees to this book. It has to be an entire beehive. Do you, are you sure? Like, what's the what's above a beehive? Like, are we gonna like, are we gonna start giving out apiaries at this point? Yes, exactly. Oh, and then God. Maybe honey, and then maybe buckets of honey. <laughs> Jesus, it's never gonna end. <laughs> We're just gonna keep one upping. Yes. Okay. Until... Yes. Then, yes. yes. Okay. This is a great. This is a great book. I don't think I would give it. I don't think I would go so far as to give it a whole apiary. Like that might, that's overkill. Maybe. <laughs> I've been reading Naomi's writing since 2005, so I knew that I was going to like whatever it was because okay. I just like her writing. So and... I only read. I only read her for the first time this year, actually. Um, I, a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago, rather, I read Temeraire, the first in her Napoleonic alternate history novels. Uh, and I loved it. I loved the writing. I loved the relationships, especially. I was excited to read Uprooted. I didn't know what to expect exactly from it, but I loved it so much. It felt very comfortable. If that, I, I'm not sure if people will see it as a good word. It's a good thing, but for me, it was very, very good. It felt very comfortable because it felt like welcoming arms. Sometimes when you read a book and you don't know what the book is going to be, and mostly when you read books by men, that's my experience. I'll have to admit that this is my experience. I feel like I'm being punched in the face (laughs) so many times. And, you know, reading this book, it was not like this at all. It felt like a comfortable coat, a nice pillow. And these are the best things in the world. Those are the best types of books. I'm just waiting for the next, a comfortable <laughs> coat, uh, a pillow. I'm waiting for other more, like uh, a warm sweater, a cup of hot cocoa. A warm yes, exactly. Popcorn, yogurt-covered raisins. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> oh, sorry, Naomi, for comparing your book to food it's not like we want to eat your book it's just really good it's just really good it reminds yeah. me of this book made me feel like the Godland emperor made me feel yes even though they're a, doing totally different things right totally different very, things very good comparison actually i would say very different things yes but that um, made me feel the same yeah it was just a really nice feeling it's like you feel you finish the book and you feel satisfied and satisfied. and satisfied yes and then you hug the book i hugged the book you hugged the book I hug. Well, don't eat the book because you can't hug it and then eat it. Can't. No, I have. I have yet to develop that thing where my stomach can actually digest paper. Not yet. Maybe one day. Who knows? Science. Science is doing marvelous things. But maybe one day I'll be able to eat my books. But no, at the moment I'm just hugging them. 
Our favorite thing about this book was probably the friendship, right? I'm going to yes. say yes. Yes, absolutely. It was. It's the central it's the central thing of the book, right? It's what motivates the character the most. You know, it's such a rich story. There are so many sides to it. It's about this girl who gets put into this awful position that was completely unexpected. And she goes and she does, has to live this completely new life that she didn't know what she was going to do and then she learns that she's this super amazing wizard and throughout this whole thing there is her relationship with her best friend which starts off at this very fraught moment in time because they know they are going to be separated for a long period of time and then something happens that makes uh, the main character Agnieszka go and try and save her best friend's Kasha's life and their relationship is so amazing uh, for many reasons because it's so it felt so realistic to me because it was not their idealized relationship because they had bad moments, they fought. There were a couple of moments where they were going through this spell where they had to face their own feelings. And when they did that, they you know, all of the those hidden truths came to um surface. At the same time that they loved each other, there were things in their relationship that were quite complicated. The feelings of, you know, she's more special than I am and she's going to go through this life and I'm not. And that was so... And, and you know, it was there. It was just one side of their relationship and it didn't diminish the love for each other at all. It's a very coming-of-age story in a lot of different ways. The friendship is one way, definitely, that you see... Agnieszka grow up and there's other ways too you also see her come to terms with her powers you also see her come to terms with her sexuality so yeah. you're seeing this character just grow just grow up right in front of you and it's nuanced and it's complicated and it's not perfect she's not a perfect character she's no, not she at can all. be sort of whiny and petty and selfish and it doesn't matter because she it just makes her human absolutely and she has she has her prejudices as well when she comes to court when she meets the dragon the guy uh, she has this whole story made up inside her head and for most of the book that colors the way that she looks at him the way that we readers look at him as well because we see him through her eyes and I thought that was really interesting as well. I found the magic in this book to be really interesting. I know that Naomi talked about it on Midnight in Karachi with Mavesh. That conversation was really fascinating and I highly recommend it. What struck me when I was reading this book about the magic is that it takes the way the dragon does magic. And it brings Agnishka into this world where he's trying to teach her blunt force teach her the way he does magic and it's not working yeah it's it's a very learned magic through the books right it has yeah. a very rooted which is a good word to use in this context it's it's very rooted in books and a bright way of doing things of following the rules and her magic is like chaotic and she can't learn really the way he does it she's got to learn to do it a different way She's got to learn to access the magic in a, in a way that works for her, not just by rote. The reason this struck me first was because it reminds me a lot of remix culture. So he learned the magic from the books. And she comes in and she's like, well, that's great. I'm, I'm sure that's useful and I could read all about it, but I'm never going to be able to do what the books tell me. What I'm going to do is fill out my own way and mix up the things that she's learning to make her own path through the magic to make the magic work for her and i thought that was really interesting way to do it to make the magic in the book complicated and messy and interesting because yeah, it doesn't work the it, same way for everybody no and it, it and went back as well in time in the ways that she would read very, again, chaotic, handwritten ideas passed down generations from other women as well. And I think there were moments when she remembered some of the uh, cultural folklorish kind of magic from the people from her village as well. It's kind of like this, you know, popular knowledge as opposed to 
university bookish knowledge as well. And it kind of didn't show one as being the better and the other not as good. I also felt that it was just like what works for each person, which is really interesting as well, because it's a really good way of addressing, you know, coming to understand education, how education works as well, how you go different ways for people to learn. She talked about reading a book by an, a book by an older witch, I guess, and she mentioned it to somebody, and they're like, "Oh, that person didn't exist, or that person was a quack or crazy," and they yeah. discounted it. But I really, really liked that they let her that in, in this book, Naomi let her learn from women who came before her. Yes, through exactly. Their, through their own experiences and their own writing. Obviously, she was reading all these other books, but they. Naomi made a point to be like, look, she's finding this other stuff written by women who went through the same thing and she's learning from them too. And I really liked that touch, the recognition that you can get, you can go back through your, in your heritage and find knowledge as well. And this is a, this is a book about heritage, right? It's definitely. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Really root, it's like really rooted yes. in, and, um. Polish myths, is that right? Yes, yes. So the woman that she learns from is Baba Yaga. Who I'm not really familiar with. The... Right, okay. So it's, you know it's me a in very... fairy tales and mythology. Come okay. on, Anna. <laughs> so it's a, very, it's a very popular person, which in, in Slavic cultures, I think Russia, uh, Poland, have a lot of tales of, of Baba Yaga, which is this witch that lives in the woods. And sometimes she helps other women. Um, so, and she is called Yaga in, in this book, but with a J, which I, I guess then it's, the, it's probably the, the Polish spelling. I'm not sure. I'm just saying, I think it is. Do you know what I felt reading this book? I had a theory reading this book. It's, I'll, I'll confess it. I'll tell you right now that I thought this was a time travel novel. <laughs> You just want time travel everywhere. I just, I just see time travel everywhere because there was one moment when Agnieszka says that she sees Baba Yaga in the forest, and and she and there is like this really offhand. Right in the beginning of the novel, this happened, and it's a really like hand waved moment that says, "Oh, she's just out of time." So for most of, the, so I, I just, I just like glued to that moment, right? And I thought that, oh my God, this is a time travel story. Oh my God, Agnieszka is going to go back in time. And she is going to, she is Baba Yaga. Like she's learning from herself. I created this whole theory. You had, you just, you just wrote some fanfic in your head. I I did. Congratulations. It was amazing. amazing. (laughs) I just, I even, I even wrote an email to Thea because we were reading this book at the same time. It's like, I have a theory. Do you want to (laughs) know? That's really funny. And I was, I was so certain, but it wasn't to be. So, spoiler, this is not a time travel novel. So, I was talking to KJ about this book, and KJ was like, everything that everybody is praising about this novel, the, the techniques, the writing, the sex scenes, are things that probably were learned in fandom. I've been reading Naomi's fanfic since 2005, and her books since she started publishing. And I've watched her writing develop, I guess, in a lot of ways. I really like her writing a lot. I think she's a brilliant writer, and I think she's a brilliant critic as well. If you've ever uh, read some of her like writing advice and ways to approach stories, which I think she's mostly written it under her fan name, oh, which I can link you to. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna connect her pro name and her fan name here. Okay, she just has this really great way of just grokking stories she's not only is she a good writer she's a good storyteller which i think is a different skill telling stories you can be a great writer and not be really good at telling stories you can be really good at telling stories but not be a great writer which i know firsthand because i grew up in an oral storytelling culture where i lived where all the old men would sit around and tell stories the farther i got in this book and the more layers I peeled back, the like more impressed yes. I got because the the blurb doesn't tell you how deep this book goes. No, no, the blurb all. is like it's the beginning of a really long, beautiful journey. It's really great to me how 
the book is about this evil wood, and as you're reading the book, it just feels like you're walking deeper and deeper into. Yes, and you don't realize a story until the end how how far you've gone, how deep into the story you've gotten, and the structure of the book itself is amazing. Yes, I was just so impressed. It's very impressive. Yeah, all the layers, all all the depth of the story, the different uh, relationships, the different relationships between people, but between people and the land as well, and between people and hist- their own history. It's just, it was fascinating. And, you know, and you have then, but you also have the deeply personal arcs in in the book. And, and you have, for example, the guy, okay, the dragon. I loved how his story... You know, nothing is from his perspective. Everything is from Agnieszka's perspective, right? But you, you can still see the things that he goes through and how he has tried not to develop or create roots because he feared that so much. Because all of these magicians live a really, really, really long life, right? And they are captured by the fear of losing people so much because they know that they are going to live such long lives. And this is why Agnieszka is such a a breath of fresh air as well in that context, in that culture too, because she's young and she's just so, she's still so, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to enjoy this and I'm not going to be afraid of pursuing the things that I love, the things that I want to do and the people that I want to connect with. And so she loves very deeply, and which is a good I, way to talk about the romance that's in this yeah, book. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, what did you think of the romance? Because I know I'm I'm a little bit. I liked it. Okay, I'll just yeah, I liked, I liked it too. It. I didn't have a, I didn't have a big problem with it. I thought it was really well done, especially since I, it I, happens in a way that puts them at an equal position. Because at that point, when Agnieszka finally acts on it, they're equal in power. Yes, and actually, I... uh, equal in power, and I made this argument to somebody else that said that she was more powerful at that point. Yes. And, but they were like, oh no, it's a, it's a little more equal than that. But I'm like, well, she's more uh, emotionally healthy than he seems to be. Absolutely. absolutely so I would put is. her, I would put her, the power balance at, at that point, in her favor, actually. Yes. But I think that other people, I think I I saw a couple of reviews that brings up the, the question of his actions before the story starts, what he does to the girls, how he takes them and uses them. And, and some people felt that his past and his actions were not sufficiently dealt with. Yeah, and but I it, uh, yeah, but would it be would it be Agnieszka's responsibility to deal with those past that those past problems? Like those are his issues. How is she supposed? Like I don't. I'm not really sure how she would have dealt with them. Do you know what I yes, mean? Yes, but I I also feel that that's not entirely true because I think she kind of made him face the problematic aspects of his behavior and made him look deep inside himself. Just that what he did was not cool and that there was a, a scene between him and Kasha as well in which he, in which he apologizes to Kasha it's so really I complicated I, I, a lot of people I, I think there were problem. steps in, within the novel within the narrative that acknowledges the fucked up way that things were and I think that that was dealt with it and was dealt with for me sufficiently I, I felt a lot of people had, had a problem with the age difference I noted like, they was like, no, there's too much, like, he's a zillion years old and she's a teenager. So that the age difference is a problem. And I guess fandoms just ruined me, because I'm just like, eh. <laughs> I was just like, oh, right. Yeah, it's totally valid to have that problem. My problem with that, that whole, if you follow the, the logic of this, is that now Agnieszka has become a wizard in her own right, and now she's yes. going to live a long time. I didn't think it was creepy. Yeah, thought, so, yeah, no, I didn't, I, I I didn't thought get that. emotionally, she was, she was probably older than him. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And also, yeah. I just didn't have the sense that I wanted to be to lock her into a life where she was lonely because of her age, if that yes. makes sense. 
as long as she was making the choice. She was making the choice. She not and him. and very and very strongly too. It it was, it was okay all with for me. her. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I, also, I didn't have a problem with it. I can see why people I, would. I absolutely yes. see how people would be like, nope, that's squeaky. Get it away from me, which is totally yeah. valid. But for me, it wasn't a problem. No, for me either. And I love the sex scenes as well. Let's put it out there. <laughs> Everybody talks about the... Yeah, guys, uh, she writes lots of hot porn in fandom. Uh, that was pretty cool. In like, like, zil- pre- in like a zillion fandoms, she's written lots it, of hot porn. It, but it's like really short scenes as well. They are not even over long or too graphic. But the way that she writes those sex scenes, really they good. are to the point and awesome. And it's like, and it's really interesting as well because you know it goes, it goes to the heart of their relationship as well because she is in, she's in control there. She starts their encounters, and she knows what she wants. At the same time, that she's not as experienced as he is, but she allows for this to be a sexual discovery as well. Yeah, I didn't. I, it was super hot. I have no, I have no, I have no criticisms of it at no, all. No, no. I was no. like, oh, Jesus Christ! I, had to, I did not expect that to be so scorching. No. I need to put this book down oh. for a moment. <laughs> yes, Let's it's real hot, guys. Like, if you yeah. like hot sex scenes, this book is like this book is worth it for the hot sex scenes. There's two of them. There's two of them, and. It's, they're not that long. They don't make up even, no, you know, 1% of the no, book. But wow, no, did they pack not, a punch. It's not even like, it's like one of them is like half a page and the other one's like one page and a half or something. It's really. At, at the most. And they're really affecting if you don't get squicked out by age difference in relationships. I will caveat it with that. Yes. So yeah, I think we're both on, the, on on that boat. Yes, I think it's a hobby hide for me. Like I said before. <laughs> changing, uh, but changing tag a bit. One of my friends, Forest of Glory on Dreamland, wrote a post about the how nature is portrayed in the book. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting because she talks about how nature is uh, portrayed as evil. And I'm just going to read this bit that she writes, which is spoilers. But at this point, I don't know if you're not wanting to be spoiled, maybe... <laughs> You should have listened <laughs> too, late. too late. <laughs> so she writes, in the book, the main antagonist is the evil wood, which has a mind of its own and is out to kill people and take over the world. I'm uncomfortable with evil nature. I'm a strong environmentalist and I've been brought up to think that nature is good or at worst indifferent. I don't think nature is out to get us. Later in the book, it turns out that to that the woods are animated by a long ago and very angry queen. Women are going back to nature and becoming evil. It's a problematic trope that has been around for a long time. It doesn't do women or nature any favors. So this was a really interesting idea to me. Once you pointed it out, I'm like, oh, I guess I could see that if I look for it. But it would have to be pointed out to me because I've never heard of this trope before. It was a brand new trope no, for me. Yeah. And I just don't think I've read widely enough. Oh. So... I mean, I'm, I have... trying to, I'm, I'm trying to find examples. I just, I can't I can think of any on the top of my head. I thought it was a really interesting point to make where she points out that the woods are evil because women are mad. I mean, I think her post is valid no, and it's a good way to look at it. But I also think, in a way, that if you look at what happens, what's revealed... It's not so much that the the women go back to nature and then they, they twist the wood... Because no, they've it's, been, it's, it's, it's the contrary. It's because they're scorned. It's more like humanity ruined everything. Yes. That's what I got the, for that. That's what I got the opposite. from that. It's the opposite. It's... So it's not that the women went back and twisted the wood. No. It's that they... The humanity broke the wood's heart. And they yeah, were, exactly. And they were validly pissed. <laughs> so that's yes. what I got from it. But I don't really need this other. But I think this perspective is all this this idea that na- like nature is evil and out to get us is also a really interesting idea because I guess I'm not familiar with the whole nature is out to get us meme as much as she was. I don't disagree that that's probably a thing. I've just never heard of that. I don't. I cannot think trope. of anything like nature that. Nature is evil I, and out to get us. I 
I have had conversations with my partner in which we think that nature one day is coming out to get us because we are mistreating it so much. And then... I mean, this isn't that... Like, this book isn't the happening. No. <laughs> like, but, at all. In any way. So, which was a really stupid... It was just a really stupid movie. <laughs> I still loved it. It was so, it was so dumb. I loved it so much. Uh, but it's more but what i got from the way the wood had been evil it had it was evil because we we broke we broke a pact yeah we we people broke a pact and then we started chopping up the wood that was alive and then this person just like went completely it was not i don't think it was i think it was more anger anger and fear and fear and heartbreak yes and that like just transformed into and then in and you know in the end that woman is is also healed by a female friend or sister so again going back to the root of sisterhood that is so strong in this novel and then the so... book ends with agnieszka going through healing the forest and helping yes helping the heart trees where she can and i just i don't know it's a really interesting i just i don't disagree with her post at all i just thought it was a really interesting discussion point and there was not a lot of comments it was my comment and then her reply to me i just don't know enough about environmentalism to like really engage yeah but i thought it was like a really interesting point to consider i mean this book has a lot of things you can talk about yeah. But then you just, you end up talking about them and you get off on a tangent and then you find you've been gushing for 15 minutes instead of actually having a critique session. It's really, it's a problem. Yeah. Apparently this is a standalone novel, right? Yeah, as far as I know. But wouldn't you like to read more? I mean, not necessarily about Agnieszka and the dragon, but for example, Kasia, she wants to be like a knight. I would totally read a book about her. I would totally. I would, she, yes. So, yes. Yes. Please give me a Kasia book. Yeah, because it could it could just be to something totally different and new. I would yes, totally exactly. read it. Yeah. Because that world it was so fascinating. There are so many other things as well. Like all the other musicians in court, they were fascinating And I would too. love to see like a future book. After the wood was healed, you know, and see how the world had changed once the wood was no longer antagonistic and hurt. Like, how does the face of the world change once yeah. the people no longer have to fear it? That would be so lovely. No, would love no, no. more. Please write this book. Uh, no pressure. Please. For us. Please. What is she writing next? Do we even know? I think she's finishing the Timur series, book nine. The last book. Uh -huh. I think it's book nine. Okay. It could be book zillion, a zillion. There's a zillion books in that <laughs> series. But after, she's many, got uh, one more book on, I think, I think she said on Midnight and Karachi, she's got one more book on on contract, but she doesn't know what it is. Or maybe, uh, maybe I made that up somewhere. I just read it. And just, uh -huh. I'm just inventing things. Could be. I don't know what she's writing next, but I'm going to pay attention because this is super great. I love her writing so much. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've fallen in love with it. I might I might continue with the Temeraire series as well. I've gotten up to up to book four in that series. I've read through Empire of Ivory. That's book four. Is it book five? Book four? Okay. I can't. There's so many books. There's so many books in that series. My favorite so far of that series is actually the second book, Throne of Jade. I like that book the best. Although I think you will probably like Black Powder War, the third book. Okay. Because they're... Does it, they're, does it have sex? No. No. Oh. There's, <laughs> there's another dragon that I think that you oh. might uh, enjoy. Oh. I can't tell you more. It's a spoiler. But... Okay. Definitely, definitely read. At least read the book three. <laughs> so you can meet a new dragon. Okay. And I'll just be vague. Just be vague. That's fine. Like a mysterious lady. Okay. So this gets from for from you this gets a whole hive. Yes. <laughs> We've already discussed. Yeah. Yeah. Like if this book was a princess, out my bees would find them. Find it. And say, You are a princess book. 
I don't think you can get any higher endorsement than that. <laughs> All right. So have you read Uprooted? What did you think of it? Did you love it as much as we did? Did you not like it as much? Just let us know what you thought. And now it's recommendation time. What do you have for us this week, Renee? I have a podcast rec, which you know about because I shoved it at you. Yes, it's great, people. It's you like, listen I was to like, it. Re- re- listen immediately. It's so good. Yes, yes, so it's, it's amazing. Uh, the title of this mystery show, it's hosted by Starly Kine. So the f- first episode I-, I listened to of this podcast was an episode called Belt Buckle. And it's about a lost belt buckle that's like novelty belt buckle that does cool things. I have a lot of feelings about this podcast that I can't communicate because I love it so much. Mystery show is basically a complete delight. Uh, it, although it's about mysteries, it's also about how complex and complicated it is to be human and navigate the world. It's funny and it's bittersweet and it's kind of goofy sometimes. It, like it's definitely just a really wonderful podcast if you just want something fun. Like give it a listen and if you don't cry a little on the belt buckle episode, tell me so I can like shower you with love and affection so I can thaw your frozen heart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Well, like that episode is so good. I I cried. I did cry as well. There also so. there's another episode called Source Source Code about how tall Jake Gyllenhaal is that goes on for <laughs> a long time and is fucking hilarious. I cracked up the whole episode. I was like I can't believe this is a thing that we're having a discussion about. Jake, how tall is Jake Gyllenhaal? the year of our lord 2015 it's so good <laughs> i highly recommend this podcast definitely check it out it's only got like five episodes at this point so you can totally catch up all of them are worth it like it, the there's an episode about britney spears and there is a conversation that she has with a customer support rep that had oh my me, god right that, that had so me brilliant. i was like oh my heart it's so it's so good it's so good guys so just good. go listen yeah so that's mine that's yeah. So mine is a book, surprise. Uh, it's called About a Girl by Sarah McCary. Ah. Uh, 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 yeah, so it's the third and final book in the Metamorphosis um, series. And all of them follow three different pairs of girls, and they are friends in all of them. How do I describe this series? They are Greek retellings, but really interesting ones as well. So this last one... It's kind of like, it's it's a young girl who goes on a quest to find her father. But it's not really that, because she's really looking for her mother. But she finds Medea, and Medea is this girl that she falls in love with. And most of this, and do you remember in the Odyssey, where Odysseus just gets stranded on that island and he spends like 10 years there with with the woman I mean, fucking in theory, yeah i remember that i don't so maybe so in this in this book this girl she kind of like gets stranded in this place as well and there's something that really funny that happens to her head but she just spends lots of time just in this sexual relationship with another woman and it's just it's so good you guys and uh and it's all about women and girls and finding their footing in in the world and the first book is about a girl and her best friend the second book is about those two girls mothers from a couple of decades before and then this last book is about the daughter of one of the girls from the first book so it's kind of like all a whole it's a whole family thing and it's it's amazing i cannot recommend this series enough uh, and about a girl just came out now and i'm gonna be reviewing it this week and it's just it's amazing yes and that's it from us today i think that's a wrap renee yeah thanks for talking with me this week you're welcome You'll find links to some of the things we discussed today in our show notes at fangirlhappyhour.com. And you can email us at fangirlhappyhour at gmail.com. Find us at fangirlhappyhour on both Tumblr and Facebook and chat with us on Twitter at fangirlpodcast. For both myself and Renee, thanks for listening and see you next episode.